Hey guys, and welcome to the, what was that? (laughs) You totally got me. Hi, Mandy. Hi, Melissa. (laughs) That really caught me by surprise. I should not have been surprised, but it really got me. I had no clue you were going to do that. I know. I was like, well, maybe she'll do it. I was like, I'll just have it just in case, just in case we finally did it. We had our jingle bells moment. We did. We did. I know. I'm so excited. This is our last episode of the year and our last one before Christmas as well. So yes, we got the jingle bells in this month. So yeah. Thank you, Melissa. That made my heart so happy. (laughs) (laughs) Are you sure? Because you sounded terrified when it started. (laughs) So be my surprise. I won't. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> okay. Well, good. I'm so excited. Christmas is coming up. All good things. Uh, all the holidays are here. I'm sad we won't talk to you guys for a couple weeks, but we, you, know, you need a break from us. It. What is it? Um, absence makes the heart grow fonder. Yeah. You'll miss us. Miss us, please. Hopefully. Please yeah. come back. Please come back. <laughs> we will be back in January. So we hope that you um, will come back in January as well. <laughs> Absolutely. No more playing Jingle Bells. If that annoyed you, it won't happen again. <laughs> if you liked it, maybe we can think of another holiday. I don't know legally how much music we're allowed to play on here. So yeah. <laughs> There's actually probably an entire crowd of people that was happy just because it disrupted the monotonous intro that we have all the time. We did it. Yeah, we did it. We finally did for one episode, the last one of the year. We gave you a different intro. <laughs> 2022, we're back on our same crap. There we go. So don't worry. There we go. You know what? Maybe I'll work on a new intro for 2022. No promises. We'll see. Yeah. I, I, yeah. You're going to forget it. I'll, I'll just start in the middle. <laughs> I'll just, as soon as you start, I'll just take it over and we'll see what happens. Yeah. All righty. Bad idea. <laughs> All right. That was fun. Okay. Melissa, we're going to get into the episode this week um, because this is a story that I am really excited to talk about. It's a really, really tragic story, but it's one that I wasn't really familiar with. And it's one that involves kind of a famous celebrity, which those stories are always very attention grabbing and usually have a lot of interesting facts in them as this case does. So I'm very excited to get into it this week. So to get us started, Melissa, I know that you love TV and movies. And have you seen the movie Waitress? So I had to think about that this week. And I have seen it. I saw it years ago um, because I like one of the characters in it. I remembered it, but I think I got it confused with something else. But yeah, I I saw it a few years ago. Yeah, so the movie is an American comedy drama, and it debuted at the 2007 Sundance Film Festival and later went into a limited theatrical release, but it's a favorite among movie buffs. So the plot of this movie unfolds as a waitress in the Deep South learns that she's pregnant with her controlling and abusive husband's baby. Longing to escape from her bleak situation, Jenna Hunterson decides to secretly save money so that she can skip town before her husband finds out about the pregnancy. Her two co-workers and only friends, Becky and Dawn, do what they can to support her. But things get even more hairy when Jenna falls for her doctor, one of the only people who knows about her secret. I'm not going to give the whole movie away, but if you haven't seen it, it is worth watching. Carrie Russell actually stars in the leading role as Jenna Hunterson. So if you're a Carrie Russell fan, which I am, then this is definitely a movie for you. But we are not here today to talk about Carrie Russell. We're actually here to talk about another actress in the film named Adrienne Shelley. And really calling her an actress would be discrediting all of the work that she actually did on this film. Not only did Adrienne star in a supporting role, but she also wrote the film herself, directed it, and had a hand in the set and costume design as well. In other words, this film was Adrienne Shelley's baby and could have launched her career as a film director. 
but Adrienne tragically never got to see the success of her work. Her life ended shortly before the film was accepted into the Sundance Film Festival. Adrienne Shelley, or Adrienne Levine, which was actually her real name, took a liking to the world of acting and movies from a very young age. She was born on June 24, 1966, in Queens, New York, and grew up in Long Island with her parents, Elaine and Sheldon, who were of Russian-Jewish descent. As a child, many agents would actually try to recruit Adrienne to be a child actress, but her father refused. He said something like he didn't want his daughter to jump out of a window when she was 30. Basically, kid actors grow up and have terrible things that happen to them, so he didn't want her involved in any of that. I understand that. Yeah, I mean, like, the stories you hear about child actors. For sure. Not great. Right, Not great. Yeah. There, there's definitely a reputation there. But her parents really still supported her endeavors in acting at a smaller local level. When she was 12, though, her father sadly passed away, but Adrian continued to pursue her interest in acting and film work. At Jericho High School, Adrian made her stage debut in a production of Annie. After graduating from high school, Adrian enrolled at Boston University, where she majored in film production. During her junior year at the university, Adrian dropped out and moved to Manhattan. And that's when she began acting in independent films under the name Adrian Shelley. Shelley came from her dad's name, Sheldon. In 1988, Adrian starred in The Unbelievable Truth, which was directed by Hal Hartley. The movie was critically acclaimed, and two years later, Adrian starred in another one of Hartley's movies called Trust. This movie really was Adrian's breakout role. She was considered by many at this point to be an indie darling. The Guardian described her as being somewhat of a cult figure and said she was, quote, queen of the New York indie scene when the scene was at its zenith. So basically, I took it as she was, you know how Michelle Williams is kind of like the indie queen now? I, I would say she is one of those that is in a bunch of independent films. Right. Michelle Williams, not Beyonce, right. the other one. <laughs> um, but it was kind of like that. Like that's how she was kind of getting her start in the whole indie film scene. So through the next almost 20 years, Adrienne was in more than 20 other movies, but her passion was really for directing. She actually wrote, directed, and starred in three movies of her own as well. Sudden Manhattan, I'll Take You There, and Waitress, which is the movie we mentioned at the beginning. She was also in more than two dozen off-Broadway shows and TV shows. Sometime in the fall of 2001, Adrian was set up on a date with an affluent man named Andy Ostroy. Andy was the chairman and CEO of a multi-million dollar marketing firm, and he was highly respected. This ended up being a blind date gone completely right, and they hit it off and later married. Andy later told The Guardian, quote, I didn't really know what to make of her at first. She was like no one I'd ever met, but I knew right away that she was special. There are very few people in this world who are really unique, and she touched you in a way that meant you could never forget her. It's hard to explain. She had a big smile and a genius IQ. So Andy, her husband, actually was really known for how much he just adored Adrian. Yeah. Ever since they met, he just really was just head over heels, absolutely in love with her. Um, he later said, quote, I met Adrian Levine, this sweet Jewish girl from Long Island. I didn't meet Adrian Shelley, Indy Darling. I only knew the normal real person who decided that she needed something different in her life. We came together at the right time, and that's what made it great. We had worked out so much of our stuff before that, so we were ready to be together, have a child together, and be a family, end quote. And in 2003, that's exactly what they did. Adrian and Andy welcomed a daughter who they named Sophie. 
They were just as happy as any new family possibly could be. Andy absolutely adored and just doted on his wife and daughter, and they had the kind of love for each other that we all hope to have in our lives. As we said, Adrian is most well-known for writing, directing, and acting in the movie Waitress, but she worked hard on all of her projects leading up to this one. It was really important for Adrian to prove that you can be a mom and have a career at the same time. She was very proud of herself for writing the movie Waitress while she was pregnant and then directing and acting in the movie after giving birth. She even had her real daughter Sophie play a small role at the end of the film. After watching a final cut of the film, Adrian told one of her female friends, quote, Look, you can do it. Society wants to tell you that you have to choose, but you don't have to choose, end quote, which I think is just so great. Like, it's just great right? advice, you know, general general advice. It is. I watched something with her where she was talking about becoming a mom and how nervous she was. And she thought, you know, I'm going to be this person, but I don't want to lose myself, but I want to be a good mom. And I think that's a struggle any parent has, mom specifically, Definitely. where you just think all your whole identity gets wrapped up in this child and you don't want it to be, but you also don't not want it to be. Right. So it's it's a confusing time. So it's really cool that she was able to say, yeah, you can you can do both. It's not easy, but you can do both. Right, yeah. So Adrienne, as I said, worked very hard at her career, despite the challenges that she faced as a woman in a male-dominated profession. She kept an apartment in Greenwich Village that she used as an office where she could write and plan out all of her visions for future projects. It was in this office apartment that a tragedy occurred. And we're going to get into way more details of this story after a quick break to hear a word from this week's sponsors. Many of us have fallen victim to fad diets throughout the years. One of my favorites I fell for was one of those juice cleanses. I lost weight quickly, but guess what? Just a week after I finished the cleanse, I gained all the weight back, plus a couple of pounds. These sorts of things are never about sustainability, which is why I am thankful to have found Noom. Noom isn't just about what you eat, but it's about how you eat. With Noom, I'm learning about eating, my cravings, and how to make new habits for myself. Part of Noom's goal is to help you learn to eat better to feel better. They want you to understand those cravings and learn how to shop for food for yourself. I also love that Noom teaches that no food is bad. Food is food. There's no punishing yourself or indulging in some holiday treats, just encouragement to keep moving forward to feeling your best. My goal with Noom has simply been to feel better and to have more energy, and with Noom, I've been able to do just that. I'm more than a year into better daily habits, and I feel better than I did in my 20s, and so much of that is from what I've learned from Noom. Noom is based in psychology, so I'm learning why I make the choices I'm making and getting the tools to replace my old habits with healthier ones. And if you're looking for long-term success, look no further than Noom. Noomers are seeing so much success. Over 80% of all Noomers finish the program, and over 60% have continued on with their goals for at least a year. Start building better habits for healthier, long-term results. Sign up for your trial at Noom.com slash moms. Again, sign up for your trial at Noom, that's N-O-O-M dot com slash moms. There's never been a better time to take care of yourself than now. Whether something in your life is interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals, the licensed professional therapists with BetterHelp want to help you become the best you this year. BetterHelp is professional counseling that you can do right from the comfort of your home through weekly video or phone sessions. I've used BetterHelp over the past few years, and I can't tell you what a relief it is just to get all my thoughts out to a professional without ever having to leave the house. I deal with anxiety and depression and have most of my life, so just having someone I can talk through with these scenarios or those immediate big problems that pop up in my life has really been invaluable, especially this year. 
Of course, anything you share with your BetterHelp counselor is completely confidential. And best of all, BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional offline counseling. Financial aid is also available. Whether you're struggling with family issues, sleep, stress, or more, BetterHelp will match you with your own licensed professional therapist and you can start communicating with them in under 24 hours. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. We want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com moms. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash moms. And now back to the episode. So before the break, we were talking a little about Adrienne's career and her personal life and how things were really flourishing. And then we're to November 1st, 2006. And on this day, Adrienne's husband, Andy, drops her off at this apartment where she has her office sometimes around 10 or 10.30 a.m., according to the doorman at the apartment building. After Andy left, he said he didn't hear a word from his wife all day, which was really strange because, you know, like a lot of couples, they keep in touch through messages throughout the day, texting back and forth. And so at 5.45, he is heading to an event with a friend, and he says, you know, I really just need to see her to make sure she's okay. I haven't heard from her. This is really weird. So they go back to this apartment where she's working and he speaks to the doorman. And so Andy tells the doorman, you know, he is nervous and concerned about her because he hasn't heard from Adrian all day and he has this bad feeling. So he asks the doorman to come up to the apartment with him. So the two of them go upstairs and they find that the door to the apartment was unlocked. So Andy runs inside while the doorman waits in the hall. A moment later, Andy's heard screaming and crying and saying, why, why? In the bathroom of this apartment where Adrian was working, she had been found face up on the floor with a bedsheet tied around her neck at one end and attached to the shower rod on the other end. Her death was an apparent suicide. Andy was absolutely devastated that his wife was gone, but even more confusing was the total shock of it. Adrian was not suicidal, according to Andy, and really pretty much everyone else that knew her. There was no suicide note left behind that would confirm that this was the case either. Her cause of death, though, was determined to be compression of the neck. Because Adrian's death appeared to be self-imposed, there was very little for investigators to do in terms of sweeping this scene for clues. There was no sign of a struggle, there was no forced entry, so there was really no reason to believe another person had come in and attacked her. They did, however, find this footprint on the cover of the toilet beneath the shower rod, but investigators assumed it may have been left by a firefighter or an EMT, and so they kind of brushed it off as being unrelated to that scene. It was also noted, though, that there was money that was missing from Adrian's wallet. So given the cause of death and the fact that there were no signs that a struggle had taken place, officers told Andy that his wife had most likely taken her own life, but Andy refused to believe it. So the general consensus among Adrian's friends and family was that it would really not make any sense for Adrian to have taken her life at a time when her career was at an all-time high and she has this little three-year-old girl that she loves more than life itself. 
At the time of Adrian's death, she was waiting to find out if Waitress was going to be accepted into the Sundance Film Festival for 2007. And this, of course, was huge for her. This was very, very important to her. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, she has all of her eggs in this basket. This is her passion project. She's, like, just waiting to find out if she's going to get it into the festival. Her cousin Randy also said that everybody in the family was – completely shocked and devastated by her death, and she was very well-loved as a member of their family. But as it goes, when a tragedy involving a star happens, the media ran with the suicide story, and they started reporting on it right away. Andy tried to stop it all by telling the media that his wife did not take her own life, and that there were still many questions surrounding her death that they didn't have answers to yet. Andy worked tirelessly to get to the bottom of what happened to Adrian. He did really everything that you would want your spouse to do in your honor, and his actions after Adrian's death really showed just how much he loved her. Melissa, we talked about this um, yesterday about how much we just – her husband, we were just blown away by what he did, and he's just the greatest. He really is. But in a a way where he's just – he adored her so much, and obviously she adored him as well, but it was just kind of like he's going to make something of – of all of this, like he just was not going to let her down. He was going to help pursue her dreams even after her death. Just really incredible. Somebody you want on your side for sure. Yeah. The police even told the media that they hadn't officially ruled Adrian's death as suicide yet, despite the evidence that did point in that direction. But Andy's adamance about the way that his wife died caused the police to humor him and look further into the one piece of evidence that had not yet been thoroughly investigated. And that was that dusty shoe print that was found on the toilet in the bathroom where Adrian was found. So they took the print and they tried to match it to any of the firefighters or emergency responders who were there at the scene, but they didn't find any matches. It was soon learned that the dust left with the shoe print came from gypsum dust, which is really um, drywall dust in layman's terms, that had been tracked into Adrian's apartment by whoever was wearing the shoe that left the print. So the police canvassed the building, and they found out that a company had been hired to renovate an apartment that was one floor below Adrian's office apartment. They then continued their investigation and found out who had been working for that company that day and who would have had access to the apartment. And the only person that had access was a 19-year-old man named Diego Pilco. After finding out that Diego was the employee working on an apartment below Adrian's, police went to visit Diego. He was living in a friend's basement in cramped conditions with his brother and his cousin at the time. There is where they found this Reebok sneaker, which matched the print from the toilet. So then Diego was taken in for questioning on November 6th. Diego told the police through an interpreter, because he did not speak English, that he was demolishing the bathroom in apartment 37 when Adrian came downstairs at around 9.30 and asked him not to make so much noise. Diego said he wasn't really in a good mood on this particular day and that he responded to Adrian by throwing a hammer on the floor in anger. And he said the hammer did not hit her. Then he says that Adrian yells at him and starts storming up to her apartment. Diego follows her to her apartment and begs her not to call the police. He was worried if the police came, they would find out that he was an undocumented immigrant and he would be deported. The fact that the two of them could not clearly communicate with each other due to this language barrier made the situation escalate quickly, according to Diego. So when Adrian got to her apartment door, Diego grabbed her and she slapped him. 
Diego then hit Adrian back and she fell backwards against a computer table and died. All of this is according to Diego, what he says happened. Diego says that he panicked and he came up with the idea to stage her death to look like a suicide. He said he then grabbed a sheet and tied it around her neck and tied the other end to the shower rod. Although this sounds like a likely story, authorities didn't believe it. It doesn't add up when you're looking at the autopsy results or the evidence. The autopsy results showed that Adrian died of compression of the neck, not a head injury. He's saying, I pushed her, she fell, she hit her head, she died, and then I tried to make it look like a suicide. And the police are saying, no, it was her neck, not her head. You know, this, this, sure, you might have done this, but this is not how this happened. Right. So the apartment that Diego was renovating was covered in that gypsum dust that Mandy was talking about before. But the bottom of Adrian's shoes, her socks, and her pants had been clean, which meant Adrian never went downstairs. She was never in that apartment. So this makes his story about this noise complaint totally unbelievable. He also said that it was 9.30 a.m. when Adrian showed up and went downstairs to talk to him, but her husband Andy and the doorman at the building said that it was definitely after 10 when Adrian actually arrived for the day. So who exactly was Diego? He was born on April 8th in 1987, and he grew up in Ecuador and came to America in either late 2005 or early 2006. He was an undocumented immigrant, and normally we wouldn't bring that up, but it does play a major part in this story. The police don't believe that Diego had a criminal record in Ecuador. At the time of Adrian's murder, he was living in Brooklyn in that cramped spot in the basement. Diego was working for a small general contracting and repair company, and acquaintances told the New York Times that he was an energetic and respectful young man who was struggling with the physical rigors of his job and the disorientation of his illegal immigrant status. This is a quote from his friends. Um, His boss said that he, at work, performed very well. He was respectful, well-mannered, decent, and responsible. But the confession that Diego had just given the police, even if it were untrue, still warranted his arrest. Diego was charged with second-degree murder, but as time started passing, the DA started worrying that the jury might find the murder to be, quote, merely reckless and that they would find him guilty of a lesser charge. I'm not really sure why they thought that 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 would be the case in this case. If his story, I mean, the evidence doesn't point to that, but if his story is, I freaked out, I pushed her, she hit her head, that's a reckless thing to do, obviously, resulting in her death, but he didn't plan on it. and Intend to kill yeah. her, right? I mean, yeah, I can see how you're thinking like, okay, you know, there's these two charges, there's not a lot of evidence, you know, what do you do? It, it would be an impossible situation to be in to, to gamble on the one or to accept right. another one. That's just not great. Yeah, yeah. So if he was found guilty of the lesser charge, though, the charge of manslaughter, then he likely would have faced just three to five years in jail. Yes. But with a second degree murder charge, if he was convicted, he would face 25 years to life. Luckily for the DA, it just so happened that the defense was worried that Diego would be found guilty of second degree murder. 
which could have landed him in prison for life. So this is his defense basically saying, no, we're actually concerned that the jury is going to find him guilty. So the DA came up with a plea deal, and it was that if Diego would plead guilty to a lesser charge, he would receive a set sentence of just 25 years. And it was kind of a compromise on both sides. Diego wouldn't spend life in prison, and the DA would still make sure that Diego spent a good chunk of time there anyway. So Adrian's family decided that they were okay with this deal. Andy later wrote, quote, It was a tough case. He had no clear motive and there were no witnesses to the crime. The district attorney's office advised me to accept the deal rather than go to trial. It was an agonizing decision. Roll the dice for a life sentence or possibly end up with a manslaughter conviction, with her killer receiving a meager three to five years in prison. We took the deal. It was simply a business decision, albeit one with a hefty emotional Mm -hmm. price tag. First of all, I think the way Andy speaks and expresses everything that has gone on is so just clear and clear headed and spot on. And it's like you you really understand what they are going through just based on what he says, you know, these statements that he gives. For sure. Well, it it would be so easy to be very emotional about this and just say, absolutely not. You know, she's she's was taken from us. We're going to trial, blah, 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 and then end up with three to five years. That's nothing. That's nothing. And he's a young guy. That's, he has his entire life and your wife, you know, the mother of your child is dead and out there (laughs) and just out there living his life. That, that's a lot to take on. So I think it speaks a lot to him, like you were saying, just that he's able to articulate this and explain it to us in a way where I feel like I understand what they're you know, what they're saying and what What they're going through. I mean, as much as you can being an outsider. Right. Of course. Of course. Yeah. And so we're going to get into the rest of this story after one last break to hear a word from this week's sponsors. When I was younger, the last thing I thought about was my skin. I grab whatever was around to wash my face and just go on with my day without a care in the world. Now, as a woman of a certain age, I know no two skincare treatments are the same, which is why I need something that will work just for me and the fine lines around my eyes and dark spots on my forehead. And that's why I love Agency. Agency is for people like me with more mature skin and is specifically designed just for me. To get started, I simply went to the Agency site and uploaded photos of my face and told them a little about my concerns. My skin's been a lot drier in recent years, and I'm noticing more and more of those thin lines creeping up. After that, Agency matched me with a licensed dermatology provider who created a custom formula that contains research-backed ingredients. But what I really love about Agency is the relationship with your licensed dermatology provider doesn't end there. They actually check in with you to make sure you're happy with your formula. I get a message before my next shipment is sent out to see if there's any changes that I would like to make, which is always great because our skin is always changing and there's no one-size-fits-all. Do what I did and try out Agency, the personalized anti-aging skincare that evolves with you. Go to withagency.com slash moms for a free 30-day trial. Just pay $4.95 for shipping and handling. That's withagency.com slash moms to unlock your free 30-day trial. See withagency.com for all the details. Subject to consultation. We've talked a lot about the holiday season and how much we love it, but as fun and as exciting as it can be, it can also be very stressful. Between all the running around and cooking and making sure everyone's having a memorable holiday, we're often extra tired. But thanks to my sleep number bed, good quality sleep doesn't have to just be in my dreams. To get the best night's sleep, I set my sleep number at a 30 and it's goodbye cookie party I didn't want to attend and hello dreams of sugar plums dancing in my head. 
On the other side of the bed, my husband is snoozing at a 40. Good sleep is essential for optimal health, performance, and well-being. And if you feel like you aren't getting the kind of sleep that leaves you well-rested, you need to check out Sleep Number. If you aren't familiar with how Sleep Number works, might we recommend checking out your local Sleep Number store where you'll get the VIP treatment. The employees will make sure you find the perfect bed just for you by letting you try out all the beds available in the store. I thoroughly enjoyed the opportunity to try different beds, and the one I landed on feels magical. I discovered that my perfect sleep number setting is a 30, just like Melissa, but occasionally I even go down to a 25 for an even softer, fluffier experience. Discover special offers now for a limited time at your local sleep number store or sleepnumber.com slash moms. Sleep number, proven quality sleep is life-changing sleep. It's been a while since I've had a baby of my own, and some days I miss it so much. The baby cuddles and baby smiles, but when it comes to diaper rashes not so much. I remember the first time my oldest had a diaper rash, I was really devastated. Here's this tiny thing totally dependent on me and now she's fussy and obviously uncomfortable and I'm supposed to have the answers. Well, with time and treatment, it went away, but what I really wanted was to avoid it altogether. And now baby butts rejoice. New Huggies Skin Essentials are here, a brand new dermatologist-approved line of diapers, wipes, and pull-ups training pants, all designed with baby's sensitive skin in mind. The wipes are thick and have zero harsh ingredients for a great, gentle clean. Pull-Up Skin Essentials has got your big kid covered, too, with a training pant that's ultra-soft and breathable to help protect sensitive skin throughout potty training. Whether you're a first-time parent or a seasoned pro, make it easy on yourself and your baby with Huggies. Learn more at Huggies.com. Once again, head to Huggies.com to learn more. And now back to the episode. So before the break, we were talking about Adrian's family and Andy deciding to pursue the second degree murder with the 25 year incarceration time for Diego. And so on February 14th, 2008, Diego pleaded guilty to one count of first degree manslaughter. During his plea, Diego finally confesses to what really happened on November 1st, 2006. And I watched the documentary on this, which we'll get into a little bit more later, but one of the uh, investigators that spoke to Diego was saying, when, before he confessed, was like, do you have any kids? And you know, she's, he says no. And she said, do you have any nieces or nephews? And he like lists all of them. And he lists one, and the youngest one was two. And the investigator says, you know, the lady that died, her daughter was two and she's never going to have this time. So almost like where he could kind of see like making it personal to him. And then she said that's whenever he like threw it up. Like he just had all of the stuff that he had to get out whenever she said that, which I thought was kind of interesting as far as his confession goes. So he says that on November 1st, 2006, he's coming upstairs from the basement when he sees Adrian in the elevator And he decided to rob her. Another thing in the documentary is whenever he moved to the U.S., he was in debt $13,500, I think, in Ecuador and was sending money back. So he knew he was going to be robbing somebody. He knew he wasn't making enough money. Like, he just knew that that's what he was going to do that day. Adrian wasn't like the goal here. It was someone. He didn't actually explicitly say this in court, but it was later revealed he would steal money from the places that he was renovating. So Adrian gets off at the fourth floor. Diego goes to the fifth. Then he goes downstairs and he sees that Adrian's left her door open. He peeks inside and that's when he sees her purse. So Diego goes in the room, picks up the purse, takes money out and goes to put it back. And as he does that, Adrian turns around and she sees him. 
So Adrian grabs her phone to call the police and Diego tries to take her phone away. That's when she starts screaming and he covers her mouth. Adrian then falls to the floor and Diego sees this sheet. So he takes it and chokes her with it. That's whenever he, you know, stages her suicide and he, quote, strung her up like a pig, end quote, which was something he often did in Ecuador. This story makes way more sense. It lines up with the physical evidence and Adrian's cause of death being compression of the neck. And you can see once, I mean, they didn't know this in court, but the investigators and everything knew he was robbing people, he was stealing, and for him to be caught would be a huge deal. You know, he knew that would be the end of things for him. So on March 13th, 2008, Diego is sentenced to 25 years in prison, plus five years of post-release supervision. When asked if he had anything to say, Diego said he came to America to work and help his family out. He said, quote, I left my house with the purpose of working, not to hurt anyone, and this is what I deserve. He also said, I just want to ask for forgiveness from her family. The judge then said, quote, I doubt that you will get that, sir, end quote. Mm. Yeah. So as part of the plea agreement, Diego did not appeal his conviction or his sentence, which I think has to be a relief for the family, too, that they're not being drug back into court for appeals, you know, throughout all this time. Yeah, for sure. Today, Diego is incarcerated in a facility in New York, and his earliest release date is February of 2028. His maximum time would be uh, November of 2031. No matter when he is released, Diego will be deported back to Ecuador. Sadly, as we said, Adrian wasn't around to see how successful Waitress would become. She didn't even get to know that it did premiere at the 2007 Sundance Film Festival. Nancy Utley, who is the chief operating officer of Fox Searchlight, told The Guardian, quote, Seeing Waitress at Sundance was a really emotional experience. The typical format for the festival is that the director is introduced to say a few words before the film begins. It was painful from the beginning to see that there was no director to introduce the film since Adrian had passed away. So the producer and Adrian's husband, Andy, talked about how it had been Adrian's dream to have a film at Sundance. It was very poignant. End quote. Nancy said that the screening was a success. The audience was laughing and crying, and at the end there was a standing ovation. Within hours of the screening, Fox Searchlight Films purchased the movie after a bidding war. It would go on to be positively reviewed with 89% on Rotten Tomatoes, and it was also a box office success, grossing more than $17 million, which might not sound like a lot if you consider how much like a Marvel movie makes, but for an indie film... That's a lot. Well, and it was, I think, made for like $1.3 or something. So, I mean, the, the return on that was huge. Yeah, definitely. In April of 2016, Waitress premiered as a Broadway musical with Sarah Borelli's writing the music. And the musical ran until January of 2020 and went on tour multiple times. In September 2021, the musical was brought back to Broadway for a limited run with Sarah Bareilles actually starring as the main character, which I wish I had known about this story and that that was a thing because I'm sad that I missed out on my opportunity to see that. I know. They'll probably bring it back, though. And you know, whenever I was in New York two years ago and I saw this was on Broadway because one of the guys from New Kids on the Block was starring in it. I can't remember oh. which one. Joey? No. I'm going to get all my fatones and all of them confused. Yeah. <laughs> but one of them was starring it. I remember seeing the, um, seeing the ads for it. Yeah. And I'm like to very mad at myself. I didn't see it. 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm mad at you that you didn't see it too. I know. (laughs) (laughs) So while Waitress was very successful, Andy can't help but think about how it would have launched Adrian's career, as we said, just into the stratosphere, as he put it. He said that that was the ultimate tragedy of her death from a professional standpoint. It was that she would have been one of our great voices today as a writer and a director. And sadly, the world lost her. Yeah. So prior to her death, Adrian had written another script for a movie, Serious Moonlight, which was a dark comedy. IMDb lists the plot as follows. Quote, a high-powered attorney duct tapes her adulterous husband to the toilet right before their home is invaded by burglars, end quote, which sold. I would like to see this movie. (laughs) (laughs) And so this movie, though, did come to fruition with Cheryl Hines directing it. Cheryl Hines was also in the uh, in Waitress and had worked with Adrian before. And Meg Ryan was also in it. Timothy Hutton, Kristen Bell and Justin Long also starred. It was released in 2009 and is currently being adapted for this stage. Um, I watched another thing in the documentary, which I cannot recommend seeing enough. It, It was so, so well done. She was working on like a documentary about happiness and she was just so funny talking to people and just she sat at this one restaurant where she talked about being like a boyfriend breaking up with her there and then meeting another guy and him being kind of crummy and then going back to that same restaurant and that guy breaking up with her there and the, oh, no. the restaurant's shutting down each time. So she's like, I don't bring bows here anymore because the restaurant will go under and <laughs> she was just so cute, so funny. So uh, following Adrian's death, though, Andy filed a wrongful death lawsuit against Diego's employer, as well as the owners of Adrian's apartment building, since they were the one that hired Diego's employer to renovate the apartment. One of the main arguments of this lawsuit was that Diego's employer knowingly hired an undocumented immigrant, and by hiring someone who would be afraid of having authorities called on him, leading to possible deportation, the employer, quote, exposed tenants like Adrian to the danger of physical assault if she threatened to call the authorities, end quote. This lawsuit was later thrown out. Over the years, though, Andy has actually become quite outspoken about how we talk about undocumented immigrants. He does not like it whenever people try to use Adrian's death and others like hers as an excuse to demonize undocumented immigrants. He says the murders are used as, quote unquote, political props. Andy said, quote, Adrian was not murdered by an illegal immigrant per se. She fell victim to a depraved killer who simply happened to be an undocumented immigrant. It is an obvious distinction, almost too obvious, but it's an important one to consider, end quote. I just love the way this man articulates things. Right. I mean, everything you're like, okay, got it. Absolutely. He could say anything and I would be like, yeah, you're so right. Like, I I feel like he's just one of those people that is able to easily explain things where anyone can be like, oh, yeah, that's definitely makes sense. Right. And he (laughs) takes the emotion out of it. I think that's a lot of it. He takes the emotional, the hot button stuff and just sets it out very plainly, I think, in a way that anyone can understand, like you were saying. I love it. Yeah. So basically with that, he's saying Diego didn't come to America specifically to kill Adrian or to kill anyone else. Andy continued, quote, his rationale was no different from that of an American citizen who in the act of a crime kills his witness to avoid prosecution and imprisonment. Attributing his heinous act to his immigration status dilutes the more relevant truth that he lacked the ability to know right from wrong and had zero respect for human life, end quote. Following Adrian's death, Andy started the Adrian Shelley Foundation, whose objective is simple yet critical, supporting women filmmakers. 
Their mission is to honor Adrian's legacy and to help other very talented women achieve their filmmaking dreams. According to the foundation, they partner with the finest academic and filmmaking institutions to provide scholarships, produce grants, finishing funds, and living stipends, and have granted over 50 awards to date. According to the foundation's website, Adrian's passion in life was to make movies. She lived for her art, and she never compromised her integrity or commitment to her vision. It's in that same spirit that the Adrian Shelley Foundation was established following her tragic death in 2006. On December 1st, 2021, a documentary, as Melissa was saying, this is the one that she watched, it just came out. The documentary is titled Adrian, and it was released on HBO. The documentary focuses on three parts, Adrian's life, her death, and the aftermath. And the goal of this documentary is to keep Adrian's memory alive for her daughter, Sophie. When speaking with Yahoo Entertainment about the documentary, Andy said, quote, what I've done in my life is to take her death and turn it into something positive. That's where making this documentary came from, trying to use her death in a way that has redeeming value. Otherwise, it's just a horrible death. In the documentary, he sits down with Diego for the first time. Andy needed to know more details in order to understand exactly what happened, and the only person who had that information was Diego. Diego recounted what happened on that fateful day. He pretty much told the same story that he told in court, but he did add some additional detail. Diego said, quote, I got behind her and covered her mouth and told her not to call the police. I lost my mind. I was choking her with my hand at the same time I was covering her mouth so she wouldn't make noise. I took my hand off and I saw that her lips were blue. Andy says in the documentary that he didn't sit down with Diego to find any kind of closure. He told Yahoo Entertainment, quote, I will never have closure. It's impossible to have closure. I admire people who believe they can lose somebody tragically and find closure. I aspire to that, but I cannot even conceptualize that. I don't understand the concept of closure or the five stages of grief. I've always wondered what happens when you're done with stage five. Does that mean, okay, I've moved on? For me, life doesn't work that way. End quote. Andy and Adrian's daughter, Sophie, is now a teenager. She recently took a film class in high school and made some short films. Andy said that while Sophie is interested in being a filmmaker, she's also interested in social work and helping people. And Andy said of his daughter, quote, I just want her to do whatever she wants that will make her happy and feel like she's contributing to this world. So whether that's being a social worker or a filmmaker, then that's what we'll support. I always felt this film would be the greatest gift I could give Sophie as she develops into adulthood and reflects back on who her mother is and how she can and will be a big presence for her, end quote. Oh my gosh, my whole heart just breaks for Andy and Sophie. Let me tell you, when watch this documentary, cannot say that enough, definitely watch it. It's it's different than other ones since it's the spouse that's kind of telling, walking through it. But he, whenever Sophie was little, he would write down everything she would say about her mom. So starting at like two or, you know, whenever this happened at two, whenever she would say, where's mommy? Is mommy coming home? And he would write down what he would say and what she would say. And for years he does this. So in the documentary, he's reading part of it and the daughter Sophie is reading part of it. And it is oh just gosh. a gut punch to hear. You just can hear the mind of a little kid talking about their mom and why did this happen? And and when can we get mommy back? And can we help her feel Aww. all of that kind of stuff? Like I have chills just thinking about it. And in the movie, they or I'm sorry, in the documentary also, um, Sophie would 
you know, he would talk about her, about her mom. She got to meet Carrie, Carrie Russell. Like it was just, it was so well done and so sweet and just like gives you the connection to this person that you wouldn't know otherwise. I don't know. It was just, she yeah. seemed like an amazing person, wanted to be a mom, loved being a mom, was going to be, continue to be an incredible writer and director and all this stuff and just such a tragic loss. But definitely if you have a chance, if you have HBO, uh, which one is it? HBO plus HBO max. It's yes. on there, Adrian. It's, it's, I, it would be like one of the top things I've watched this year, just because there, it, there's just so much heart to it as well. Yeah, I really want to watch it. I don't have HBO. Melissa, I'll have to borrow your HBO information. Listen, I'm currently <laughs> borrowing somebody else's or I can give you mine. <laughs> I cannot sign up for another subscription I service. Know. My husband will kill me. <laughs> I'm currently on a Showtime like a uh, free seven day trial and I'm like, got to make some, got to make some decisions at the end of this yeah. week. <laughs> All right, let's move on to last thing before we go. Our last, last thing before Yay. we go. For, for the year. For the year, yes. Not last ever. I know, that was got very somber there. <laughs> okay, so uh, Melissa, we last year we talked about like strange – wait, what did we talk about last year? I think just strange things you could give people, right? Kind of. I yeah, know or strange gifts jerky. that you have been given. Or yeah, that, yeah. Uh, we had some listeners write into us about strange things that they received as Christmas gifts. And then I think we looked up some strange items you can purchase on the internet as well. So yes. we're going to do that again because that was really fun. We had like beef jerky underwear on there last year. I'll never forget beef jerky underwear. You just can't. We put a link to it. I wonder if anybody out there bought that beef jerky don't, underwear. I don't want to know that. Don't tell us if you <laughs> bought it. I don't even care if it was a joke. I don't want to know. I cannot think of those. I can't. I can't do it. All right. So do you want to kick us off for this year's weird Christmas gift ideas? <laughs> I do. Mandy, I'm going to send you a picture of mine so I can explain it to you. Does that sound okay? Sure. Okay, Mandy. First up, this is a two-person portable steam sauna where one person goes into a sauna that's just like what a is happening? <laughs> it's a giant peak like square thing. Your head is coming out of this like portable sauna and somebody who is clearly bored with you, as this picture indicates, is scrolling the internet while they put their legs in the sauna. Because you know what you're this always is like thinking? your worst nightmare with like somebody's feet, feet inside there. Oh my you. gosh. I saw this and I was like, nobody wants to be in there. The main girl feels trapped in there. The other girl's just scrolling the internet, maybe looking for ways to kill this person. I don't know what she's doing. <laughs> it's like how this to make is... my friend more miserable. That's what she's doing. Yeah, this is definitely interesting. And why does it have to be portable? Who, Where are you going to be steaming your entire body other than at your own home? I don't know. I mean, if you're inviting a friend to put their legs in, you really are a woman <laughs> on the go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This one is definitely um, – A lady of leisure. <laughs> definitely not not something I'm going to be purchasing anytime Aww. soon. <laughs> All right. Okay, Melissa. So last year you had a very special calendar to start the year. I something did. about dogs pooping. That's mm -hmm. a thing. People have given their friends and family a calendar that has nothing but photos of dogs pooping, which sure. If that's your thing, that's your thing. But I can do you one better. I found a calendar that is just <laughs> nothing but chicken daddies. <laughs> that is a very specific person. Oh my gosh. A Daisy Dukes edition? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yes, this is actually on Etsy. If you just, you, you can't miss it if you type in chicken daddies. Don't I'm type sure in chicken daddies, please. 
And it is a wall calendar for 2022. There's chickens. There's guys. I'm so mad I didn't daddies. get this for you. <laughs> there's daddies and Daisy Dukes. Um, check that out because, yeah, somebody buy me this, please. <laughs> I absolutely will. He even has one of those. Remember those like star? I don't know if your grade did this, but we used to draw that weird star thing you see on his knee. That like design. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, that is, um, that's something. So it's something. <laughs> it's something. So Mandy, um, going on the, uh, you were talking about poop. Of course, we're going to have to have something poop related. This is the worst and uh, something I would be so ticked if I saw in somebody's pool. It's no. A floating poo <laughs> pool thermometer. No. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. No. It even has like, sorry to be gross, corn pieces in it, I'm pretty sure. Oh right? Gosh, I thought that was something else. I thought that was something else. I mean, I'm going to assume it's corn, but um, yeah, that is <laughs> why upsetting. was my first thought um, like worms? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I feel more comfortable with worms than corn poop. Ugh, I hate it so much. Ew. Yeah. So it's like a, a pool temperature thermometer, but it has a little bobber floater on top. Yeah, <laughs> so it just looks like poop is floating in your pool. I kind of love it. I have to be honest. I, I don't mind honest. it now. The more I look at it, the more I'm okay with it. Yeah. The new sign I'm putting in my bathroom is a Michael Scott quote that says, just pooping, you know how I be. And it's like the best thing I've ever <laughs> gotten in my life. I'm so excited. I love it. <laughs> okay. Here we go. All the right. next thing. This is for all of you health nuts out there. Please don't. Everybody have who nuts. likes everybody who likes um, kale. So, have you seen Melissa those like um, jewelry that's like leaves that have been dipped in gold and then they're like preserved? But it's like starts as a real leaf and they dip it in gold and they make earrings or necklaces. I'm sure you've seen it. Like it looks I, like an actual. Yeah, leaf I don't think I knew it was a thing though. I have to be honest. It's a thing. Well, not only do they dip leaves in gold and sell them as jewelry. They also dip kale leaves in gold and make necklaces. So if you have a special someone that is just like a crunchy, healthy crunchy. nut, yeah, you can buy them a gold kale necklace. Honestly, that's the only <laughs> thing that makes kale seem valuable at all to me. Ugh. And it says it's it says there is a real piece of kale under all the gold. What are you so, going to do? Break it down to see if they're telling the truth? No. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I want to. I want to purchase it just to destroy it and make sure there's actually real kale oh no don't waste your money on that that is upsetting i'm not going to don't okay. yeah, i wouldn't do that <laughs> yes okay well yeah don't do any of that mandy i feel like i know some people that would like this one this is called a licky brush and it's a no, cat no 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 brush. no no, no. no. i hold seen this your before. mouth and let you lick your cat i've seen it before too but this intimate photo of this guy and his cat is so <laughs> upsetting i had to show it it's like a pacifier for an adult, but like the other end that doesn't go in your mouth has a fake tongue hanging out of it. That's like really rough. And then you lick your cat with it. Is it wet? Why? Is it wet though? You think? <laughs> I don't think so. Surely not. Oh, what if your saliva? Oh, I hate no, this. No, no, let's stop. Mm -mm, not going to do it. Not going to do it. Oh my gosh. I'm like imagining the the people who do this like Ugh. people must do this somebody out there does this somebody do and also don't tell us that if you do that i don't want to know thank you no, a great don't person don't tell me <laughs> some things are just meant for you and the privacy of your own home and your cat <laughs> <laughs> and your cat <laughs> i hate it i do too that's terrible but also i love hilarious. it mm -hmm. okay 
So I have another strange gift. For those of you who like jewelry, that's me. I have said before that I love strange jewelry and I have a lot of earring holes. So Barbie arm earrings. On what planet (laughs) would you – like who thinks – that's serial killer level stuff, right? That is really odd, right? So they're like dangly earrings. They have a pink boat bow like tied there and it's just Barbie's hands. That's it. Just hand this just, just the hands of Barbie earth? dangling from these earrings. I yeah. don't feel comfortable with this. Don't buy from Oh, no. And they're no, only no. $7 from the lovely teaspoon on Etsy. Don't call them out cuz I was about to call them bizarre. <laughs> that is just I just can't imagine being like Okay, these two things go together. But good for you. Somebody's going to yeah. buy them and good for you. That's great. I'm always amazed at like the products and things I find on the internet. That yeah. It's just like, who, what is the market for this? Who is the market? And right. cat people, again, I don't want to know. My last one's kind of cute, <laughs> but kind of creepy. It it's, was so weird. <laughs> isn't it? It's Chris, Christmas nativity meerkats and they're crocheted. And I don't okay, know why. I actually love them. I know, but like the bottom one... Baby Jesus meerkat is a little upsetting. I have to be honest. I don't. It's like naked. Like it looks exactly as it looks like exactly like a baby naked meerkat. Yeah. It's a little too close to life, I think. And that's what I'm struggling with um, with this photo. But yeah, Joseph doesn't look thrilled about the whole situation. Mary's like, get me the H out of here. It's it's a lot going on in this picture. So, um, yeah, that's the last one I have. Do you have any more? I have one last one. I just love things like this because they're so silly and ridiculous. Earlier this year, I was gifted a magic mug. So you've seen magic mugs, right? You put the hot liquid in and then as the cup heats up, it reveals something special. In my case, I got one that was really cool and it was a Cheshire cat, like Alice in Wonderland one. So I really love it. Yeah, I love it. I drink coffee out of it every morning. It's awesome. So this mystery mug, though, is starts off black and then as it heats up, you get a very fun image of Nicolas Cage. I mean, it's a Nick Cage magic mug. Who? Why start your day off with a cup of Joe when you can have a cup of Nick? This is uh, right? this is. I don't like how he's looking at me. If I'm being totally honest, but um, I don't like how I they like made it. it where the whole cup turns skin color because it just makes right. <laughs> if it was I just wish. his face, but it looks like his face is an entire mug. His mug is a mug. <laughs> That is, so it's just, it makes it funny. Yeah, it it funny. <laughs> I'm going to be looking at that for a while. It almost looks more like his face should be on one of those potato things that we, that you found last year, like put your face on oh, a potato yeah. thing. Oh, yes. <laughs> That's more like what I see this I need for. to send somebody a potato this year. That was like the best thing. I never did that for anyone. No, I, they're still in business because I definitely saw them a couple of times, so... <laughs> I loved it. I always love uh, those silly gifts and stuff. So we'll have to post the ones you and I were talking about. We'll post them. Um, Me too. Yeah. On Instagram this week. So you guys can check those out. Follow along with yeah. the episode. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're going to any white elephant gift exchanges and you want to do a terrible gift, you can choose one of these that we discussed today. Yes. <laughs> Please, if you do a sauna, you have to recreate the picture because I just, I don't want to see your feet, but I want to see the friendship between two people who will allow one person to just put their stank feet in a sauna with them. Cat picture is not allowed. 
I want to see pictures of people's pools with a turd thermometer floating. Maybe in it, I so. might get that. I might get you that. <laughs> yeah, that's like super fun. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that is it for um, for this year. We've uh-huh. had such a great year. Yeah, I am so happy that we that our show has gone on for this uh, another year and that we have yeah. made it to the end of this year. Yeah, it's just been it's just been really exciting and and fun. And I always get a little nostalgic at the end of the year, and I'm I like, know. oh. Like, oh, yeah, like a lot of the good things did happen. And yeah, it wasn't a total and, you know. wreck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we hope you guys had some bright spots in your year as yes. well. And we um, and can't wait to be back next spot, year. Right? Yes. Thank yes, you for listening. Absolutely. Thank you for supporting our sponsors, which is really cool. I love whenever people send us what they've gotten. Like, we've had really cool sponsors this year, too. And we have yes, some new have. stuff coming up next year that we are both excited about. Thank you for doing that. Thanks for supporting us on Patreon, patreon.com slash moms and murder podcast. You can find several years of bonus episodes. I think we have like four years of bonus episodes. So if you miss us, you can listen to us there. And uh, if you miss us, we will be also still releasing a Patreon episode for the month of December. So we will yes. not be back on the main feed here until January. But if you really just can't live without us. We will be on Patreon later on this month with a uh, bonus episode. Yes, bonus episode audio and video so you can see our wonderful faces. And last thing, if you are looking for something to listen to while we're off, uh, my other show, Criminality, that I co-host with Rebecca from Dialogue, uh, has bi-weekly episodes. It's called Criminality. You can find that. I don't... Oh, uh, coming up, we just did The Balloon Boy, and I'm doing a story about Paul from 90 Day Fiance. So always fun. Nice. All right, guys. We will see you all in the new year. Have a great year. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Month, year. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Moms and Murder podcast. Make sure to check back with us next week for a new episode. You can also find us at momsandmurder.com where you can connect with us via social media. Please make sure you subscribe and give us five stars because giving us four stars would be a crime. Thanks so much.